Live from quarantine, another episode of the crappy, canceled COVID quarantine show! Starring Dylan, Christopher, and Josh Laskowski. Jazzy Jack and Pitch About It are inviting you to join the hosts and their guest, Julio Nandez, on another journey through canceled projects. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your hosts! Wait, Ricky Gervais? Okay, so... Context for our listeners. We haven't really started the show, but Josh walked into the room, the podcast. What do we call the room back in the day? The podcast has passed? Uh, the podcast cast passed. I don't freaking know. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay. I have- and he's, um, he's walked in and told me or asked me if I've heard about the new New Warriors. It's a Marvel comic. Which is a Marvel comic book property. And he's about to introduce me to the names. Josh, tell us a little bit about the New Warriors. All right. Buckle your seatbelts, because this is going to be some of the edgiest, most powerful superheroes you're ever going to see. Screen time. A meme-obsessed super team whose brain became connected to the internet after becoming exposed to his grandfather's experimental internet gas. Oh my now gosh. we can see augmented reality at real-time maps and can instantly Google any fact. <laughs> does this make him effectively a genius? He sure acts like it does. So, if you can Google any fact, is it like... Is he just getting the Google answer, or is he like actually getting facts? Because those are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> he's connected to WebMD, and he's like, why am I coughing? I have terminal cancer. Dang it, not again. <laughs> but it gets better. Oh no. <laughs> um, Snowflake and Safe Space. Oh my gosh. Psychic Twins. Marvel's making this. <laughs> oh, I can't even. Uh, here we go. Okay. Oh my gosh. All <clears throat> twins are psychic, but we're psychic er. Snowflake, a cryokinetic, can materialize snowflake-shaped shuriken projectiles for throwing. Safeways can materialize pink force fields, but he can't inhibit them himself. The reflex only works if he's protecting others. They're hyper-aware of modern culture and optics, and they see their superheroics as a post-ironic mediation on using violence to combat bullying. I have no words. And what is this? B negative. Oh my. A teen living vampire exposed to Michael Morbius's blood as a child in a robe. But life saving medical procedure, he still ages like a regular kid, but has all the abilities of Morbius. He's also obsessed with music and attitude of the classic, long past decades like the 90s and the early 2000s. The world is a vampire. And so am I. Nice. Is that is that it or is there more? There's one more. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm assuming this is the leader 
Trailblazer. Well, it sure sounds like a leader. But, you know, I'm not here to assume. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not going to assume either. But this is just a regular kid scooped up in the world of teenage superheroing. Her magic backpack is actually a pocket dimension with seemingly infinite space from which she can pull out useful or random objects. It's not always under her control. She claims to get the power from God, but not the God you're thinking of. Together, these are the new, new warriors. This is pretty bad. I've never, I've never been more hurt. I, I've, never, I've never really cared about Marvel Comics. I never cared about it. Wait, isn't the new warriors the same team that, um, caused civil war in the comic books? I think so. It's, all I know is Starfire. Or not the, Starfire. The, the Firestar. Well, yeah, something, whatever. He was all, he blew up or whatever. These people. Yeah, them. Yeah, that's fine. No, not Thunderbolt. I don't know. know, Or maybe they were the Thunderbolts. Is that a different team? I don't know that much about, like... No, I'm not. B and C list Marvel teams. But Ricky Gervais reacts to the new Warrior comics, and I kind of want to watch it. I think I'll save that one for after the show. (laughs) Yes, I will. Meanwhile, while you were talking about that, I remember that DC made some new heroes in the last couple years, and I was like, are these as bad... No, they're not. I mean, they're just stereotypical, though. Like, Damage, who is just a government, like, agent that's essentially just, uh, like, the Hulk. And then Silencer, who's just an assassin. Like, is the most basic. Sil- damage, and so are they partners? Do they work together? No. Like, the Damage Silencer? No. <laughs> I know. How disappointing. They are had they, a chance. Are those the only two? No, there's a couple more. I didn't read as far. Oh, they made a new superhero team called the Terrifics. Great idea. You know, it's I'm led so by um, Mr. Terrific. It's a great idea. Is this Look actually it. serious? This is actually serious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, Mr. Terrific has been in the comic books forever. As but, a, yeah. Okay. He's been a character sure. forever. Like, he's basically, like... He's pretty a pretty cool guy? He's a pretty He's a pretty terrific guy. Let he's me tell you. He's a dude. He uh he has little orbs that like fly around their little robot things. He's like a hacker guy or something. Hacker. Man. I don't really understand his character. I just know that he does that. He's in um he's terrific. He's in the new Adam Strange comic book. He's oh. a big player in that one. Big player. Um sideways which apparently he can create rifts in midair to leap through dimensions at will. So he can teleport. So he can teleport. That's pretty terrific. The immortal man. Or men. Oh, it's a team. I thought it was one guy. I was like, oh, that's new. Uh, yeah, I don't know what these guys are about, nor do I care to read it. He's just a completely normal human, but he physically can't die. <laughs> wow, that's that's actually a very original power. I mean, imagine, like, you break into, like, a Hydra base, or you go over to, uh, I don't know, the Joker's lair, and he just shoots you in the head. You fall over, you're just dead. But then you get up two minutes later, brush off the dirt. Joker freaks out. He shoots you in the head again, but you got three steps closer to him this time. <laughs> Why do I imagine like an entire scene where the Joker just keeps doing that? Like he I he can't do it. anything but sit there and wait for you to step up to him. That'd be a good movie. Yep. Let's make that movie right now. All right, pitch about it. Okay, so. In the Joker's lair, or interior Joker's lair, night, immortal man walks in. 
His full name is Immortal Men. Immortal Men. He is schizophrenic. <laughs> he has multiple That's why he's immortal. Exactly. Because anytime he dies, he just creates a new personality. Mm-hmm. I do apologize for mistyping. Because I'm pretty sure schizophrenics are not multiple personalities. Yeah, it's probably different. I apologize for my ignorance. So, Joker. <laughs> so, Joker. Okay, so... Do you remember Mad Max? Oh, of course. Do you remember Mad Max 2, whatever Mad Max 2 was called? Are we talking about Mel Gibson or Tom Hardy? The, like, oldies or new, newdies? It's two series. I don't know that much about Mad Max. Like Fury Road. No, not Fury Road. The other two. Okay, okay. So Mel Gibson. Or, yeah. Do you Actually. remember... I'm trying to look up some things that I need you to remember. Do you remember the movie Paper Man? Yeah, no one remembers that. <laughs> no. Do you remember the movie Power Rangers 2017? Absolutely. Do you remember the movie Sherlock Holmes? A Game of Shadows? But of course. Do you remember... No, that's it. That's all you need to remember. I don't remember <laughs> anything else. The Pursuit of Happiness from 2001. That's... Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, dang. We're just going down a list. I'm sensing a theme here. The only what do you think the consistent theme in all these movies are? We don't remember. We any. don't really remember any of them. However, these movies, the Mad Max ones, were directed by a guy named George Miller. Yes, that includes Fury Road as well. Um, and then Kieran Mul Mul well, I can't say his name Mulrooney and his wife. What's her name? I already forgot her name. Nice. Michelle Mulroney, both were screenwriters for a film I've talked about a couple times on the podcast, like very briefly, and we've talked about in our personal lives, ad nauseum. There was a, in the early 2000s, 2007, Warner Brothers went to production on a film called Justice League. What? And they got all the way up to, like, Shooting, Army Hammer actually talked about it in an interview. Hmm. He got, like, he wore the full Batman suit, which, spoiler alert, Army Hammer was cast as Batman. <laughs> Spoilers, bro. He wore the entire Batman suit. Like, everybody was in suit. They started doing rehearsals. They're out in Australia getting ready to shoot. They're already getting, like, test footage and whatnot. And then they get a call from the studio, from the executives going, yeah, we're shutting this down. Get this out of here. That's... Kind of heartbreaking. Now, the reason we're talking about this canceled movie right now, and maybe we'll do a couple more of these episodes as well, is at the state of the world at this time, everything's being canceled. Ooh. So why not talk about the canceled movies? So anyway, I'm going to talk to you about the cast. I wrote so, down the cast. I need, We needed like a catchy name. So like, pitch about it, colon... Canceled Corona culture. That's too many words. <laughs> uh, I can. I, can. I like the tippity tap. Uh, I I got no names. You got no names. All right. I got Commenters, no viewers. Yeah, we need a name for this series. Give us the updated title. And if you give us the name, you get nothing. But. You'll have we, given us a name. We'll and you can give you like, a hearty thanks. And then you can always take credit for coming up with that name. You can be like, that was me. Don't you dare let them think they came up with the name. No. And pride My is idea. the most valuable currency, especially right now. 
Exactly. It's the only currency you have right now. So walk into the store, you need cleaning supplies. What? Why should you get them? Well, I have pride, sir. Thank you. Hands clean. That's sometimes. how I got my 24 stack of lavender scented toilet paper. Exactly. Which, by the way, you've only got 23 now. Thank you. So, I'm going to backtrack and I'm going to go right back into the pitch later. I've got a question for you, Josh. I probably have an answer. It has been a full season since you've given us relationship advice. Mm. We need relationship advice, especially in this time when no one has anything else but relationships mm. Mm. and distancing. Social distance. How how does one be in a relationship when you're distant? You don't. Do, do, do. <laughs> the end. That's our theme. Okay. Yeah, I have two. I actually have two things of advice right now. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Step one: If you and your significant other are quarantined away from each other, go ahead and break up. There's no point in trying. I thought this was gonna be a poem. <laughs> The first two lines arrived. Wait, did it? Yeah. What did I say? I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd forget. I always ask you to remember anything. You just instantly forget. The listeners know it. Maybe you said each other twice, and that's why I thought you were. <laughs> hey, if all rappers everywhere need to understand this, if you can't rhyme something, just say the same word again. <laughs> For the listeners, I just woke up like 10 minutes ago before we started recording. I'm currently sipping some sweet tea. He's been holding a gallon of sweet tea for like the past 35 mm-hmm. seconds. Blanket wrapped around me, quarantine. What else was I supposed to do? Not podcast? Exactly. See, we could have been sad and lonely, but instead we decided to keep moving forward. No, we decided to be sad and lonely and make you listen to it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you guys didn't see my cookie dough incident. That was pretty rough. <laughs> Cookie dough burritos. <laughs> you were saying. Um, yeah. Step one, if you're not quarantined together, or at least in a open community where you're still allowed to people, just go ahead and call it off. Just end it. Cause like and then think about it. Think of it as like a hiatus. Mm-hmm. Or in the words of some friends I used to know. A mid season finale. Just take a break. Oh. So break up. <laughs> but my other advice, my genuine mm-hmm. advice, if you happen to be on lockdown with your significant, or your almost significant, or just like your good friend's sister. Wow. <laughs> Cut that. That one's staying in, I'm sorry. <laughs> just bust out an Xbox. Okay, you'd be surprised. The, the depths people will go when you're bored to entertain yourself. My fiance used to have a quiet disdain towards video games. Now she has a loud one. <laughs> you would think. But I busted out the Xbox, dusted off some old games that, you know, haven't played in years. And now, every single time I visit, we hang out, or anything, she's like, Did you bring your Xbox? And I'm like, No, I wanted to spend time with you. And then she would be sad. So I don't know if this is advice or more of a warning, but when you're bored, do not introduce Skyrim to your significant other. Can you tell the listeners, because Liz doesn't listen, does she? No. Perfect. Tell them what you're doing to her game with mods. So the beauty of Skyrim, for those that don't know, 
is it has mods to where you can add little features to the game. So or big features. Liz thinks she's just been playing the original game for a while now. But every single time she logs on, without her knowing, I add one mod per day to where it's just some of them are simple and significant things. Some of them are just texture packs to make it look pretty. Other times, a mud crab starts yelling at you and says, pinch, 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 instead of actually making the sound. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to do something so over the top like Thomas the t- tra- uh, Train Dragons or whatever. I, Just yeeting out at her and being like, this is the game? I recently found... <laughs> I found... Do you remember in that episode of Rick and Morty where the planet talks? Oh my the gosh, the one that got? screams when it rises up in the No, sky? no, no, show me what you got. Oh, the big giant head, yeah. The giant show head. Show me what I you f- got. I found that as a moon mod. <laughs> See, while you've been messing with these mods, I've looked at mods for Minecraft, and I found one that makes every texture, like, on every single block, a somewhat transparent, like, like it, it keeps the same colors of the block, but now translucently on it is Will Smith's face oh on God. everything. So there's just, like, every single block, all six sides has Will Smith's face on it. When it rains, Will Smiths are raining down. <laughs> I gotta see this. Like, can we just stop podcasting and we go see this? The sun, when it rises in the morning, is Will Smith's face. Okay, I do feel like I've seen. No, I wish it made. Oh my gosh, I wish it made a noise when it rose up in the morning, just going, "Yeah, that's hot." <laughs> Every morning, that's what I want, but I can't have it. Apparently, mm-hmm. disappointing. So anyway, good relationship advice. I'm Don't proud. play video games unless you want them to get addicted. Words to live by. That's actually the, the motto of this entire podcast. Don't play video games. Yeah, because, see, we built up a tolerance. We've been playing games since we were little mm-hmm. boys. Yes. But now that we're big men, introducing... <laughs> yes. <laughs> introducing video games. Speaking, to- hold on. Speaking of being big men, I wanted to wait till we were recording before I asked you this. So yesterday morning, I wake up. This is Yes. You know where this is going, don't you? Probably. This is gonna be for the listeners, this is going a direction you don't think it's going. Just brace yourself. Just brace yourself. So I wake up <laughs> and I roll over and there's just some suspicious liquid in my bed and I'm like what the freak is going on now that night before I couldn't sleep for some reason I was up to like 5am and so when I got in bed I felt something in my bed I was like I don't know what this is but I was like so exhausted I didn't care I just went to bed oh no I wake up and there is an entire egg in my bed (laughs) Do you care to explain to me why there was an egg in my bed, Joshua? Please tell me that it didn't crack. Oh, it cracked. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me explain. Explain to me this egg that showed up in my bed. Okay. I was trying... You know what? I was trying to debate whether or not you, you did this on purpose or you were so stupid you left an egg. <laughs> okay. So here's... Listeners, in case you don't understand, 
We live in a building of seven. It's an apartment that's supposed to hold seven people. But five of the seven of us have moved out. It's like if the Avengers, all of them left except Hawkeye. Yeah. Just Hawkeye, Hawkeye. not even anyone else. Just <laughs> Hawkeye and his bow. Together we become one Avenger. <laughs> and not even a good one. <laughs> so it's just me and Dylan bored out of our mind. And so I'm doing some cleaning, trying to keep this house a little bit together. And I open up the fridge, and I see that this carton of eggs was past due for five months. And so I was So like, wasn't you just a regular egg? It was a past... <laughs> it was I, an expired egg. I'm cleaning this fridge. I'm like, there's literally 11 eggs in this carton, and someone left it for us. And I was bored. You know, corona makes you do weird things. And so I proceeded... I chucked a bunch of eggs off the balcony. Of course. Naturally. Turned on some Skyrim music. Man, Skyrim's on the brain today. Yeah, apparently. Turned on Skyrim music and pretended I was the Dragonborn and hid eggs all over <laughs> the campus. And specifically for you, Dylan, I opened up the door with the music blaring, <laughs> waddled over to your feet and placed it in between your feet. And I was... You literally turned and like looked up at me, and I ran away and closed the door. <laughs> and I, I genuinely thought you were awake. No, I literally went to bed with. So you did that in the middle of the night? No, in the middle of the day. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. You know? What? I was so confused by this egg incident. I maybe you peed yourself, but I'm gonna see if I saved the recording. Oh my gosh! Show it to me after this. That's yes. that's golden. I was like. I don't know what happened, but the next morning, like, the eggs cracked, and everything's covered in egg, and I'm just like, it's too early for this. <laughs> I genuinely thought you were awake, and that's why I was brave enough to leave an egg. I didn't think you could crack it and fall back asleep. I, think, I don't think I cracked it till the morning. Okay. I don't think it was sitting there all night. Well, I, I gave it to you in the morning. Like, well, the fact was it that the same was... morning? Because what I said was, like, that night, I had noticed, like... I had noticed the egg before I went to bed, but I didn't acknowledge it. Yesterday morning was the egg. So you did that in the morning yesterday before you and left. And you left an entire egg and didn't notice there's an egg in your bed for the whole day. I mean, maybe. I, I won't be, like, if I didn't crack it, I'm not going to sit there in my bed and be like, oh, is there any eggs in my bed? <laughs> That's what I do every night. <laughs> That's what I do every morning. I mean, I will now. I'm scared. This is an educational exercise. I put an egg in Jepson's lamp. <laughs> well, I mean... Okay, that's that's at least nice. It could warm up the egg a little bit. Yeah, that, he's got those weird, fancy, flickering light bulbs. Ew. So I just put it in there and I was just like, this is a warm and safe environment for the egg to hatch. And then just sit him a bunch of pictures of the lamp with no context. <laughs> oh, Christian Jepson. Rest Anyways... Canceled projects was where we were going with this yeah, episode. Yeah, we're moving on from this. Because we went way off, but it was worth it. So, I'm just going to restart. So, I'm kidding. So, okay. Hello all, and welcome to Pitchy, to Pitchy Boys. Quarantined. Pitchy Boys on town. So. Because they're all locked down. So, in 2007. But we're not going to back it down. Warner Brothers started production on a Justice League film. I, I expected more from you, honestly. <laughs> I didn't have enough time. We talked a little bit about it already, so let's get into the cast. Yeah, cast. Now, most of this cast, I don't really know. I know they were in some, like, 
popular movies, but I haven't seen those movies. Well, yeah, because when was the film canceled? Like, what year was it? It was canceled, like, 2008. So, yeah, like, the actors are honestly probably... We probably need a recast anyway. Yeah, probably. But also, they weren't even that famous when this movie was coming out. Like, I don't even know these people. Who would have thought? Who would Less popular mean. actors to play amazing roles? Honestly, Marvel thought that. That's true. Mm-hmm. And this would have been one year before the first Iron Man movie, and one year before The Dark Knight. Dang. Dang, indeed. So... That's, that just let out an entire reverb throughout the entire system, just so you know. Dang, multiplying. Dang, dang, dang. <laughs> okay, so casting included, uh, included DJ Catrona, which I don't think you know who that is. No. Okay. Is he out in the void somewhere? Yeah, pretty much. Have you seen, well, not have you seen, I was there when we saw it, Shazam. Yes. He, do you remember when there was a scene with the Shazam family or whatever, and they were like, oh, we're all... Shazam's now. Shazamin. Yeah, we're Shazamin. He was the green one. Uh, so, yeah, he did that. And he was in other movies that I've never seen. Um, Megan Gale as Wonder okay. Woman, who is the Valkyrie from Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's still kind of popular. Um, Adam Brody from the show Growing Up Brady, and he's the Shazam version of the Cripple Brother. When he becomes uh, okay. the big Shazam guy. Okay, so basically what you're saying is... The half Shazam this cast is Shazam be... and half this cast is Mad Max, honestly. Um, who else have we got? Hugh Keys, who was Toe Cutter from the original Mad Max series. Oh, Toe Cutter. As the Martian Manhunter. I could dig. Um, Anton Yelchin, who was Pavel Chekhov from Star Trek. Oh, nice. He's Wally West. Yeah, honestly, I really like that. Um, Santiago Cabrera as Aquaman. I don't know who that is. I I spent about an hour looking into this guy and nothing that I recognize him from. change it to George Lopez. George Lopez is Aquaman. How old is he now? I don't know. Look up how old he is. I don't know. Nice. Drops the phone. I need more sweet tea. Mm-mm-mm. Sweet, sweet victory. I'm uncomfortable. I'll keep going though. Yeah. The rapper known as Common as the Green Lantern. Um Teresa Palmer, who was number six from the movie I Am Number Four. That's confusing and unhelpful. I know. I've ne- my I think my sister saw that movie. I've never seen it. Um she was Talia Al Ghul. In which one? Era or in this movie, well, I mean, she is oh, going, Talia in this movie. Is going to be in this Justice League? Yes. Okay, now I'm the hype. Um, Jay Burchell or Baruchel, who you will know from How to Train Your Dragon, he's the voice of the main character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hiccup. He and was gonna the, be, and the what? I'm trying to remember. Was he in the interview? No, he was in some other movie, though. I When I looked him up, I found another movie, but I knew you'd recognize him from How to Drink, Train Your Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's Arusha? Uh, he's in, like, The Hangover or one of those, like... Yeah, he's in something like that. Classic comedy. Oh, he's in She's Out of My League. That doesn't help. That's just... date in my league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the end. He's in This is the end. Okay. That's the one he's in. 
Um, yeah. So he's in that. He was cast as Maxwell Lord, which I don't know if you know who that is. I'm uneducated. Maxwell Lord in the comic books is like Lex Luthor with psychic powers. Oh, I think I know. He's a honestly, even in the script, if you just change it out for Lex Luthor, it's kind of the same. Okay. Except he does have like some powers That's outside bad. of being bad. Um, and then as mentioned before, Army Hammer as Batman, which is the only one that I didn't really need to look up is Army Hammer, who stood alongside Henry Cavill in, what's it called? Man, Man from Uncle. Uncle. That yeah. is such an underrated movie. It really is. So, the story. I went through yesterday and read all 128 pages of the script. Of course. I haven't read it in about two to three years, and on second read, I'm like, even, like now I know the ending, but I'm like, I really like this. Yeah. Now, for for context for the story, it's 2007 is still a little bit of the time, kind of ed- like a little bit edgy, a little bit like corny. Yeah. But when I was reading it the second time, it really felt like I was reading a Marvel film. Interesting. Like it felt like what the Marvel films are now compared to what DC films have always been. Right. It's very interesting. Um, so in the context of the story, all the superheroes have kind of been operating for years. They don't give you a lot of, like, origin. They just assume. They just throw you in with all that, except the only thing is a lot of the superheroes, some of them haven't met each other yet, and a lot, and they haven't been a team yet before. Um, the main character is kind of Barry Allen. His Flash, which I'm not sure. Did I mention casting for Barry Allen? No, you just said Wally. Yeah, Adam Brody. That's right. Because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the crippled kid from that, from Shazam. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's kind of the main character, and him and Aquaman are kind of the standout characters in this story, at least to me. You said Flash. And Aquaman, oh, yeah. Interesting. Because they have the most... Their dialogue is really, either really funny, really dumb, but in a funny way, or just there and just there so the story starts up with a funeral as all good stories start of course and like it shows superman like flying to the funeral or whatever and he's wearing the full black superman suit nice so we had a black superman suit in this movie release the snyder cut release the snyder cut i almost (laughs) talked about that instead of this but you know whatever (laughs) there's a voice over like there's a voiceover from wonder woman talking about like truth and justice or whatever and then like, we see the Justice League at this funeral, like, in, like, black versions of their suits. Almost all of them are wearing a black version of their suit. And they're all being super sad because they lost a friend or whatever. Super sad. And then the script makes a point to, like, point out to us that Batman isn't there. And then, like, maybe he doesn't like funerals. Maybe he hasn't been to a funeral since his parents. Or maybe he's just playing dead. Who's to say... And then it does the the super title of like two days ago or whatever, and it says the world is at peace. And this movie makes a point to point out like there isn't any crime really going on. Interesting. Um. So we so two days earlier we see Barry Allen and his wife Iris because Iris is like the what the Lois Lane but Barry Allen. Yeah. Except they're already married in this continuity or whatever. Um. And they go to this restaurant called Planet Krypton. And Planet Krypton is, like, just a superhero-themed chain restaurant. And one of the waiters, like, goes to take their order, and he's dressed as a Flash. And Barry's all like, 
hey, can I get and like list off all this food that's superhero themed title, like a super burger or whatever. Like it just all this stuff. And he's like, oh, and Flash, make it quick. It's just like, and the warrior's like, screw you, dude. <laughs> he's like, screw that. All right, whatever. Bye. And anyway, so Wonder Woman on the TV or whatever, Wonder Woman is talking to the UN about world peace or whatever. I don't know. That's just her thing. It's there. Um, and in space, there's a satellite that's called Brother Eye. Right. Which, if you're a comic book fan, you know any and know anything about Brother Eye. It's essentially kind of it's a satellite that Batman uses in the comic books to kind of see everything. And most times in the comic books, it becomes basically like an Ultron situation. Yep. From Marvel. Um, so anyway, it does some beep boop bops or whatever. And we cut, and I quote... Please tell me they cut, like, there's the Flash in his restaurant ordering food, and then it cuts to the satellite, and the satellite set is deep boop off, and then it just immediately cuts back to the restaurant. Listen, if I was director, I probably would definitely put that in there. <laughs> but I'm not director. You know? There are some quotes in here I wrote down for you that I'm definitely leaving in if I was director, because well, they're pretty good. remember, we are... Repitching these canceled projects. So. I mean, yes, but I'm not rewriting. I'm keeping most of the stuff the same because even it. if it's bad, doesn't matter. It's there because someone put their time and effort into this script, and that person is not us. Not us. So, so we cut deep, deep underground, under Wayne Manor, the secret sanctuary of Batman. This is a direct quote from the script, by the way. He's at the he's at the console of a massive computer system with a ten a video with a ten what with a ten foot video monitor. He's unshaven, feet up, watching, always watching, and that's how they chose to introduce Batman. All right. So on the screen or whatever, the satellite tells him all this secret information about superheroes, or like the superhero, like Superman, telling him like secret. Like, weaknesses, crap like that. Um, and then he's just sitting there watching everybody like a creep, and he sees the Flash, and he's, like, learning about the Flash or whatever, so, like, kind of introduces to what it does, the weaknesses, all that. And then while he's creeping on people, he hears someone behind him, and he shuts off the monitor as if he wasn't a creep. Like a little boy. Yeah, like a little boy just, like, slamming their laptop down. Yeah, he's like, I, I'm not doing anything. And Alfred just walks up behind him like, bro, why are you being a creep? And he's like... And he's like, he's like, look, I'm doing it because I'm Batman. And Alfred's like, well, I get it, but you're a creep. And apparently people like you, even though you're a creep, because there's a surprise birthday party for you upstairs or whatever, so go upstairs. Wait, for Batman or for Bruce Wayne? For Batman. Well, for Bruce Wayne. Oh. So he's like, so Batman's like, all right. And he goes upstairs after being a real creep, and it's just like, yeah, I'm Bruce Wayne now, whatever. And then when he goes upstairs... At the party or whatever, like the party's filled with like a bunch of like, um, like rich people and celebrities and like Class. politicians. It's like the most powerful being beings, like the most powerful and most influential people in the world. Um, and Maxwell Lord is there, and Maxwell Lord is like just talking himself up the entire time, going like, "Look at me, I'm rich, and no one can buy me, and I'm better than everybody, except Bruce Wayne, because Bruce Wayne and I were both." With we're both the same guy. We're cut from the same cloth. We're bros. Like, cause oh, yes. we're homies. You and me, Bruce, we got this or whatever. 
And Batman's like, yeah, all right. And then, like, Maxwell Lord makes a point to point out that he is catering the party. Okay. Which, he's catering the party with, with the food from Planet Krypton, because he apparently owns that chain restaurant. Okay. Why? I don't know. This is the 2008 version? Yeah, it's 2007. Oh, 2007. Of course they did something stupid like this. But it's staying in. And then there's an entire exchange where Bruce Wayne kind of looks around and he sees somebody there. And that somebody is Talia al Ghul. And for the audience, they have, in the dialogue, Maxwell Lord look at Bruce Wayne and go, do you know who that is? And he's like, and Batman just says nothing. He's like, he's like, that's Talia al Ghul. They say she's the daughter of Ra's al Ghul. Or so they say. He says, or so they say at the end of every line. For like the next five lines. He's like, it's like, apparently, like, he's like, leg, like the, like there's like folklore. Not, I'm trying to remember what he says. It says legend or folklore or something like that. He's like, legend says that Ra's al Ghul fought the Batman or whatever. Or so they say. It's like, okay. maybe she betrayed her father because she loved Batman. Or so they say. And they give us all the backstory of these characters through Maxwell Lord just ending every sentence with him going, or so they say. Well, Maxwell has psychic abilities, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm picturing him literally just reading Bruce Wayne's mind being like, I gotta cover my tracks, pretend I'm not directly reading this man's mind. Or so they say. (laughs) She fell in love with that. I mean, uh, that's, you know, rumor has it. Yeah, rumor rumor has it. I mean, or so they say. But why would they even say something like that if, like, I'm picturing they're saying, like, legend says that she's a descendant of Rachel Ghoul, meaning the 800 year old, like, literally this guy, this guy, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and, she, and he's like, yeah, apparently she betrayed her dad to help Batman, but then Batman broke her heart or something. Oh, big sad. Big douchebag. And Bruce is like, yeah, all right. And then basically, meanwhile, detective by day, Martian by night, or vice versa, I suppose, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, is like inspecting something, some crime scene or something, and he finds a jar. And yes, a jar. And the jar has a little... Did? Well, it's a jar with a little baby seahorse in it. <laughs> so far, this movie is better than the past ten movies I've seen. I know, right? Like, if I I want to go to a world where this movie exists, because it's probably better. Get Rick's interdimensional gun. Honestly, yeah, I would. So, this little baby seahorse is not an actual seahorse, but... It looks like a seahorse. That's how it's described in the script, but apparently it's not. And they don't explain it's that just it's a, a tiny, tiny. They never say like, "Oh, it's an alien creature." They never explain this baby seahorse. Just so you know. <laughs> so the baby seahorse has a little cough, and it coughs <laughs> on the Martian Manhunter, and they like this oily substance ends up on him, and they catches on fire. What the frick? Oh, I should have mentioned before when Batman leaves the Batcave after turning off his creepy computer. The creepy computer turns back on after he leaves. No. So that c- comes into play too. That should that was pretty important actually. Whoops. <laughs> well, we're cutting that scene now. <laughs> Just rip it. So apparently, which if you know Martian Manhunter, his weakness is fire. Yes. So not good. And so for some reason, once he catches on fire, he's like, 
he goes to his car and calls for help because he's a police detective or whatever, and then decides he's going to drive away in his car while aflame. Because I don't know. So for the next like three scenes, it's him kind of is just intercut with him driving while on fire, while on fire, and then smacking into like oil tankers. I don't know, just random crap. (laughs) (laughs) Things are exploding or whatever. So meanwhile, at the freaking at the plant Krypton restaurant. Flash is eating and sees on the news there's a man on fire. Driving his car. <laughs> Driving his car. He's like, well, that's not good. He's heading to an airport now. He's like, why is this guy flying now? And why is he heading to an airport? So Barry looks at his wife. He's like, I gotta, I gotta leave and, you know, stop the human torch or whatever this is. And, they, and she goes, and his wife goes, you know you can't save the whole world, right? And he goes, goes I don't need to save the whole world. Just a little part with you in it. Because he's such a sweetie pie. Look at look at this look, guy. Also, why is Iris being a little a little, little pain? I don't, I don't know. Like literally, dude is on fire driving his car, and it takes the Flash zero point two seconds to save the day. Like, look, <laughs> I don't ask questions. That's it. It's better than Iris in the TV shows, who literally looked at Barry and goes, "Barry, you're not the Flash," or something. She's like, "You're not the Flash." We're the Flash. No. No, no, you're not. No. Get get Did out. Did you get struck by lightning, ma'am? No. That's, that was me, I believe. I, oh, oh nope. I forgot. Oh, right. I, I am the one whose molecules got completely zipped. Jeffed up and got speed. So anyway, I there are a bunch of, there are at least like, I didn't write them all down, but there are at least five scenes that the whole point of the scene is to remind us that Barry and Iris are in love. Like five scenes of just like... Okay, none of them are explicit. None of them are explicit. There's one that is almost worse than explicit. Oh no! Just because it's so uncomfortable, which I can go through. Actually, are they necking? No. So anyway, back at Wayne Manor, Bruce is all like blinded by Talia or whatever. He's like, "Oh my gosh, it's the chicken." He's just stunned by it or whatever. What is she? Because what? She helped. Apparently, I don't. Well, I mean, or so they say. And Alfred, like, gets him out of this stupid trance he's in. He's like, Alfred, you get, he's like, Batman, you gotta go to the Batcave, because... Trust bat, no thought. He's like, there's there's bat things to do or whatever. And Batman's like, yeah, all right. And he kind of looks at Max and is like, hey, hey, Mr. Lord, your, uh, your nose is bleeding, stupid. And he goes... And Max is like, yeah, yeah bro, this happens enough. And Batman's like, here, have, have this little handkerchief to dab your nose, because I'm a real nice guy, because I'm, I'm Batman. You mean to tell me he has bloody noses when he uses his psychic abilities? Yeah. Stranger Things, you ain't original. Yeah, dude, this happens every time with psychic abilities. Like, oh, I got bloody noses. Oh no. So anyway, Wonder Woman goes to the to, goes to Martian Manhunter, who's on fire, and the Flash shows up too, and they meet up and cut off Martian Manhunter's arms. They cut off all his arms. Well, his entire body is on fire, so it's not gonna help. <laughs> Still driving Carl completely on fire. No, the car's gone now. It blew up. (laughs) And anyway, the Flash in this movie has not met a single of these other heroes. Okay. And he's just kind of this fanboy character. He shows up and it's like, oh my gosh, this is uh, there's Wonder Woman. Oh my gosh, here's whoever. And so he starts geeking out, and then he realize, and then Wonder Woman realizes, oh, this dude who's on fire is a freaking Martian Manhunter. And so they take him, and she has like a pool slash bathtub thing or whatever in her in her like fancy house. I don't know what she had. They didn't really describe it very well, but it's like some fancy 
how she has in New York, and she just drops him in the bathtub. Nice. Because apparently it's- the fire will stop unless it's exposed to air. The more it's exposed to air, it will start again. So, I don't know. Alien seahorse? We don't know anything. But anyway, they're like, okay, what are we going to do? And the Flash is like, well, I don't know. And then Superman shows up. He's like, oh my gosh, it's Superman. And then Superman's like, what the frick happened? They're like, yeah, a seahorse coughed on him. He's like, oh, that's interesting. I should probably go ask a guy who deals with seahorses. And they go, that's a great idea. It's like, he doesn't like anybody, though. He's like, yeah, I don't give a crap. And so he goes to Atlantis to go see Aquaman or whatever. Meanwhile, at Maxwell Lord's company building or whatever, which they never described as like Lord Industries, Lord, they never give it a name. Okay. But anyway, at his company, he like has like one of those those villain rooms with like all the computer screens on everything, whatever. And for some reason, on these computer screens, there's a bunch of like these people who are like test subjects, but they're all like boys from the age of like six to thirteen ish. Okay. Um, and each one like the subjects all read like deceased and like. They all are numbered in some capacity, but Maxwell Lord lists off all the names as they go, like as he's going by, like he knows these kids and knows their names. Right. Um, and he's like, and he goes in the earlier scenes, he's kind of this happy-go-lucky guy, but in this scene, he's just big sad. Big That's sad. how I chose to summarize the scene: big sad, big sad. So anyway, Barry go Barry Allen goes back to his house, and he sees his nephew Wally West, who also has super speed. So they play some ping pong, and then the flash goes. Hey, buddy, you should, um, you're good with computers. Because this has that stereotype of the computer whiz kid. It has that in this movie. Okay. So he goes, hey, Wally, you're, you're good at computers. Can you uh, research this thing about nanotech or whatever? Because I need to know about nanotech. Because that's seahorse. That's he's like, darn. He's like, yeah, all right. So the company, so he's like, look into companies and organizations that have that or whatever. And Wally's like, cool. And then in the Batcave, Batman's trying to figure out, like, how someone could have figured out Martian Manhunter's weakness. Right. Because it's like, it, that took me years to figure out. How did someone else figure it out? And Alfred's like, is somebody watching, like, the satellite or whatever? He's like, I mean, possibly. He's like, but who? As Batman sits on his satellite thing and watches everybody else, it kind of zooms out, and then it shows Maxwell Lord watching Batman watching everyone else. So so it's kind of it's kind of secret satellite I monitoring like inception. That. I, that, I bet that's kind of... I could see that as a really cool There are some cool effects in this movie that I'm like, I kind of want to see that. Um, That's one of them. That's one of the minor ones, though. So anyway, in Atlantis, Superman's like, also, this is like maybe 20 minutes into the film. This is all that's happened in 20 minutes. Wow, that is... Okay. Yeah, a lot happened. Like, the first 15 minutes is actually pretty jam-packed, but I kind of condensed it. Wow. But it's pretty good. Anyway, so in Atlantis, Superman asks Aquaman for help, and... Aquaman's like, I don't like the surface dwellers because they're all douchebags. And he's like, help us save our, our planet or do not. Aquaman's like, last I checked, the planet's like three-fourths water, so it's kind of my planet. So screw you. And he's like, and he's like, whatever. All they do is pollute my oceans. And he's like, I come and help defend them all the time. And he's like, and I lost this for it. And he holds up his arm. Okay. Guess what kind of arm Aquaman has in this film? Because there's like three different Aquaman arms for how cool he has I to be. I want the Golden Hook. Not Golden Hook. Dang. I know it's disappointing. What is it? Okay, there's three different arms. There's the hook arm, reg- well, four, I guess. Regular arm, <laughs> hook arm, water hand, or harpoon hand. Is he a water hand? He's water hand. They, they... He has a water hand. I could take that. So anyway... 
for plot reasons, which are essentially Superman's like, Wonder Woman asked me to come tell you to get our help or, or get help from you or whatever. And he goes, oh, Wonder Woman Day? It's like, well, I guess we're friends now and I'll help you out. Because reasons? Because reasons. Okay. I think Aquaman's in the Wonder Woman, but I think Wonder Woman's also in the Superman. So there's a little love triangle so going on. a little bit of high school drama. Yeah, there's a little bit of drama, but doesn't really like come back to, into play again. Good. It's just kind of there. Um, anyway, so in Gotham, Batman follows a biker gang. And he's like, because he decides, oh, you know. Where is this the, plot going? The world. Oh, it actually, it all ties together quite nicely, actually. Unless, is this going to be a four-hour podcast? No, this isn't going to be that long. Okay. I mean, I'm on page three of nine, but it took us like this long to get in the pitch. So. Okay. Okay. Anyway, in Gotham, Batman is following this biker gang. He's like fighting this, these bikers for no reason. And then one of them, out of the blue nowhere, turns into a robot thing. And beats the crap out of Batman. Okay. Now, meanwhile, like we cyborg or like like an OMAC, which an OMAC in the comic books is like it's like a it's like a almost like a zombie infection, but it gives it makes you robotic. Robotic, like it basically puts an armor around you, nice, and then like controls your mind or whatever. I'm writing that down. So exactly, it's a good idea. So anyway, um. Yeah, so Maxwell Lord apparently is behind that okay. thing or whatever. And it shows him observing and he doesn't kill Batman because Talia's there going, don't kill Batman, I love him. And he's like, the whole point is that we're trying to kill these guys. You're an idiot. But he's like, the point wasn't to kill him right now, though, so whatever, because villain reasons. And he's like, okay. So anyway, Aquaman shows up and is like, Martian Manhunter's clearly going to be on fire for a long time. And he can't explain it. He's like, I don't know what's going on. But like, then they're all like, well, a seahorse thing coughed on him. And Aquaman's like, yeah, that's not my fault. Don't accuse me. He's like, and this is a direct quote after they don't accuse him. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I took it as you accusing me. He just goes, I'm sorry. Being upworld makes me edgy is a direct quote from this film. And then the Flash shows up again. And he's like, hey, I'm back. And he's like, wait, is that the freaking Aquaman? The Aquaman. And so he starts geeking out over me, Aquaman, the Superman, and everyone else who's there now. Um, and in the Batcave, Batman's all like, okay, I just fought a freaking robot. So he activates the freaking brother eye thing to like re see the recording or whatever. Satellite Ultron? Yeah, Satellite Ultron. We'll call it that from now on. <laughs> Satellite Ultron. And the OMAC, it was called OMAC Alpha, and it says that right before it activates or whatever. OMAC Alpha. But he didn't catch it when he was fighting it or whatever. So he goes back to the recording, finds that out, and he's like, and so he goes to uh, Satellite Ultron and goes, hey. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Can you uh, look up everything we got on OMAC, whatever the frick that means? And and freaking Satellite Ultron's like, you know, I can't do that, Batman. And he's like, what the frick? Do it. And he's like, nah, someone else controls me now. Screw you. He's like, all right. I'm good. So he looks at Alfred and he's like, okay, we got to go find random computer st stuff and set up a backup computer right now because... I gotta do something other than sit here, so I'm gonna type away at another computer. Right. So in New York, which all of this is kind of set in New York, which is weird when they have Gotham and Metropolis and Central City and like a thousand other cities, but they chose New York. Because of reasons. Because of reasons. And John Stewart, the Green Lantern, is working, he's an architect in the comic books, he's an architect in this movie, he owns his entire, his own architectural company or whatever. And he's working on a new architectural project, which is a playground for the Howe Jordan Memorial Park. 
So there's references, apparently. Hal Jordan being the first Green Lantern in comic books. Okay. Um, and anyway, he's using his ring to like visualize the design and help him like write it down on paper, which is like that's a pretty, pretty cool idea. All right. Yep, yep. So anyway, across the street because they're this close together, the? the Flash. They're dealing with Aquaman over there, and the Flash looks at Aquaman as like the frick. You got a water hand? And like literally, the quote is an egg quote. Whoa, is that a is that water? You've got a hand made out of water. Can I touch it? And Aquaman just holds out his hand, and the Flash shakes, and he's like, "Wow, it feels like a a damp hand." What does it do? Anything cool? And Aquaman replies, "It's a hand." I hate and love this scene so much. I was just not ready for the end of the quote to be, "It's a hand." I can literally see. Imagine Jason Momoa being more sassy. Like, That'd be great. It would be a great moment. Like, if we take the actual Justice League cast from the real movie from 2017, I actually kind of like this a lot. I can see that. Yeah. Like, freaking Ezra Miller being like, oh my gosh, is that a water hand? It's a So then, Aquaman out of nowhere gets stung by a robotic bug. <laughs> Because that was there watching them apparently. This movie's a roller coaster. It is. It's a roller coaster of emotion and my time. That's it. I don't know what that means, but it's a roller coaster of my time. So the robotic bug like injects him with the fear toxin or whatever. Wow. Because they bring in a lot of stuff from other villains or whatever. Okay. Because it lived in universe, kind of. They just accept, make you accept it. Oh yeah. So anyway, apparently the secret plan of for taking out Aquaman was to make him afraid of water. Which sounds stupid, but the first thing he does is rips off his water hand and cowers in fear. <laughs> scene. He just eats the water. water hand. And then in the Obviously, same scene... he rips off water hand, yeah. So okay. back across the street, Jon Stewart is drawing up his little, little architect thing, and then he leans back and he's like thinking about what he's doing, and he like bites on his on the eraser part of his pencil while he's thinking. And when he removes it, he's like, well, that tastes funny. And then his entire mouth, like his tongue turns like fully black and then his throat and like he's just been infected with something. Well, but he doesn't know what. And eventually like the the thing spreads to his eyes and he can't see anymore. And then he hears like ringing in his ears and like just random green shapes just start emitting from the power ring and like destroying everything in the room. Dang. So... I don't know what happened to him, but that's a good plan, apparently. Just make him blind. So, Aquaman looks at Wonder Woman and is like, while he's freaking out about the water, and just goes, hey, give Martian Manhunter my water hand. And so he gives Martian Manhunter the water hand, and when it uh, gives it to him, apparently the water hand can, like, transform, like, become, like, a protective coating over the entire body. Oh. Thus, Martian Manhunter can now, like, walk around and then trap to the pool to catch on fire or whatever. Um... And then Superman's like, you know what? I've got the Fortress of Solitude and nobody knows about it or knows where it is. So let's go there because that's where we'll be safe. And they're like, that's a good idea, Superman. And Superman is very like, because this is the same year that, or this, at least the year before, um, Superman Returns came out. So it's still that level of Superman. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, you guys, uh, hello, citizen. Like, that, that's classic Superman stuff. So he's like, I know a place we'll never get caught. So then Barry's like, cool, let's go to the Fortress of Solitude. But he's like, but first I got to check in with my wife because I'm, I'm a good husband. That's what I do. 
And so he goes and checks in with Iris, and Iris is like, we get like another like two scenes of them being like, we're in love. Like we got to make sure everyone knows we're in, in case love. You forgot. In case you forgot about this. So she hands him a phone and is like, look, if anything, like, I want to know where you are, like, not where you are, but like, I want to know that you're safe or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So like, here's a phone so I can call you. He's like, bruh, I wear these, this tight suit. I don't got pockets. How's this supposed to work? She's like, just take it. He's like, fine. You're my wife. So I guess I will, whatever. So are, uh, wife or married now? I'm they're what? They're, they're wives. They're, they're wife. wife. Okay. They're married. Um, so anyway... They repeat the phrase about the whole, you can't save the whole world or whatever. It's like the little part with you in it, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyway, they all head to the Fortress of Solitude, and we cut to Maxwell Lord, who cannot find them on the satellite. He's like, where the frick did these guys go? Which I'd imagine if you just follow them with the satellite, you'd find them. Yeah, that's... But weird. Apparently they did it. Maybe Superman's fast enough to do that. I don't, I don't know. Who's to say? So anyway, on at the Batcave, Batman's trying to figure out what OMAC is. And Alfred's like, whoever's doing this, Bruce, is is a douchebag like you who came up with this plan because you're a douchebag. Yes. And Batman's like, yes, I am. But he discovers that OMAC stands for One Man Army Corps. Ooh. And essentially it was a secret defense program of super soldiers in like armored body suits during World War II. To, and like one got one of these super soldiers could take down an entire brigade, uh, brigade of Nazis. Frick. On his own. Screw the Nazis. So, anyway, after the OMAC project, like the armored bodysuit thing didn't work or whatever, they switched to, logically, like the next thing you go is like, oh, we'll do psychic power crap. That's that's obviously the next thing on the list. That's for the Cold War. So they tried that and then it didn't work. And they're like, well, frick, what now? And they're like, oh, nanotech. That's That makes sense. Which you'd think they'd do nanotech first kind in that order. Like they'd go armor, nanotech, psychic power. But, you know, I guess not. That's okay. And then the project was, like, shut down in the 90s or whatever, like, 99. They're like, oh, okay, whatever. But Batman's like, well, the OMAC that attacked me shows up in these files. So apparently maybe it's not shut down? Or is this the last survivor? Or what's going on? So anyway, Batman hears Brother I, I mean, um, Satellite Ultron, chip in. And he's like, hey, we know, he's like... He's like, hey, we found the Fortress of Solitude is over here. Because every time Maxwell Lord uses it, it still shows up on Batman's monitor or whatever. So he's like, so Batman's like, frick. And he gets in the Batjet and heads to the Fortress of Solitude because he's a bro. Naturally. So anyway, at the Fortress of Solitude, the heroes are like, we got to come up with a plan. And the Flash just keeps talking. Like, he just won't shut up. And they're like, and in the earlier scenes, they're all like, like, bruh, shut up. We don't care about what you're saying. But then this time, like, because he's talking about, he's asking them questions about their powers and, like, trying to understand stuff. And, like, the Flash is the audience's window in to exactly. understanding these characters. Yeah. And they do that actually pretty well in the script. Although I've dumbed it down because I think it's funnier that way. Naturally. So he won't shut up, but they're like, bruh, we're all kind of dying here. But he's like, keep talking because, like, honestly, it's kind of helping us alleviate this crap. And so he starts asking questions about the, their abilities and, like, Green Lantern's like, well, the reason I've got this lantern is because I've got the strongest will or whatever and the bravest heart, so that's how I got the ring. Is he still blind? He's still blind. How does he even get connected with the, with the heroes? Oh, right. I cut that scene. Okay, okay. In my that's fine. description. That's fine. At some point, because they're across the street from each other while they're in Wonder Woman's place or whatever, they're like, oh, there's a big green thing over there going on. And so they grab him before they leave. Okay. Cool. So that, that's how he got involved. I'm sorry I skipped that scene for any confusion. Um, 
yeah, so Green Lantern's like, strongest will, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Flash is like, that's pretty cool. But he's like, and Green Lantern's like, it's a curse or whatever. And the Flash is like, no, I think my powers are a gift. He's, he's the optimist. He's like, oh, this is great. And he describes how, like, if he goes fast enough, like, time stops and, like, there's no wind and no noise. And it's like this peaceful moment between beats of the human heart or whatever. And it's like, he's like, and they're like, oh, is that, like, when you cross the sound barrier or whatever? He's like, that what that is? And he goes... No, like, if I, he's like, I think if I went that fast, like, I wouldn't return. Like, that's it. So he's like, I've never been, like, brave enough to go that far. Because he thinks it's a one-way street or whatever. Um, then Superman's like, oh my gosh, I sense someone's coming, we gotta kill him. <laughs> and he, like, uses his x-ray vision, and he's like, oh, it's just Batman, alright. And, like, Batman's, like, in traditional Batman fashion, has a cape wrapped around him, is just kind of walking down the hallway. And he just walks in, and the Brother Eye satellite, or... Satellite Ultron, I apologize. Kids get Is watching Batman and the others, and like Batman's like, look, you guys aren't safe here. And Superman's like, no one knows where this is. He's like, then why am I here? <laughs> like, explain yourself, Superman. He's like, but anyway, y'all being watched, and it's my fault because I suck or whatever. And Batman's like, and like, but how is it your, why would you do this? He's like, well, what if you guys turn bad or whatever? They're like, are you kidding me, you douchebag? We're like, what the frick? And he goes, and so, like, Superman, like, grabs him and, like, is like, why would you do this? And, like, is holding him up by his, I don't know, his, his cow. His cowl. He's like, he's like, you son of a snake. He's, he's pointy bat ears. He has one hand on each ear holding him up. He's like, he's like, you son of a snake. Why would you do this? Or whatever. He's like, he's like, don't make me punch you. Or whatever. Like, he's like, ready to fight Batman. Batman's like, I thought you were nonviolent or whatever. Like, what the frick, man? And then he just gets, like, knocked out. Not, not completely, obviously, but he gets hit so hard. Like, he just flies across the room into the ground. That's and Wonder Woman's just like, well, I'm not, and just punched the crap out of Batman. I was like, oh my gosh. So Wonder Woman punches Batman. Great. And then Batman's like, but like when she punches him, like the cape, like he's no longer holding the cape around him and they see all of his injuries. And they're like, the frick happened to you? He's like, same thing that's happening to you guys. He's like, yeah, this was my plan, but I'm getting screwed over too here. So let's figure out what's going on. And so... He explains that someone's taking over his satellite, all that crap. And then the Flash gets a, like, you hear a ringtone go off. And the Flash is like, oh, I gotta answer this phone because it's my wife or whatever. And Batman's like, don't answer that phone. And Flash is like, don't worry about it, it's my wife. So he answers the phone. It wasn't his wife. And it wasn't his wife, plot twist. But then a little robot on the phone goes in his ear. And then it goes to his brain and it attaches to a part of his brain and like starts making his entire body vibrate. Which sucks for the Flash, because that means he phases through things. Right. So he phases through the Earth. Gone. And goes straight through the Earth, all the way to the other pole, like the South Pole. And then, because of gravity, phases right back through the other way and just keeps doing that. Nice. And they're like, well, this isn't good. And so they're like, what are we going to do? And Superman's like, well, I'll use my X-ray vision to see where he is as he goes. And so he does that, and... He basically times it with Wonder Woman to get hit him with a lasso of truth, pull him out, like pull him down, like hold him down so he stops moving. And so while they're holding him down, Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern make a little plan and they're like, okay, Green Lantern can make the stuff to like get the robot out of him, but like he can't see, so this is gonna suck. So Martian Manhunter uses his psychic powers to get in the Green Lantern's mind to be his eyes. But I'm like, that's a pretty good combination of abilities. Nice. So, they go to do this, but Green Lantern's like, I'm going to kill this guy if I try to do brain surgery on him. And the Flash is like, strongest will, bravest heart. 
you can do it, buddy. He's like, all right, sure. So he does it, obviously because of plot reasons, Robot gets out, and it's all chill. So Batman goes to leave, and then Superman's like, bruh, you suck. Like, they're like, like they're standing outside the Fortress of Solitude, and Batman's like, yeah, but I did this because it's smart, and they talk about morals or whatever, because that has to happen at some point in this film. And then Batman gets in the jet, and he's like, he tells Alfred to keep on trying to access Ultron Satellite. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they save the Flash, whatever, and the Flash and Wonder Woman are like, well, we gotta go meet with Wally West, because he has the information that we were looking for earlier, so they yeet on out. And then, essentially, the Flash is there, chowing down on food at this restaurant, and Wally meets up, and he's like, hey, uh, so the OMAC project and tells us all the information we kind of already know from Batman's side, but now the other characters are learning it. And he's like, but there's only one survivor who was named Jonah something. I forget. Wilkins, I think. Okay. Which doesn't really matter because when he grew up, he changed his name to Maxwell Lord. The one kid survivor from the project. Nice. So he's like, oh, that sucks. And in the Batjet, Alfred's like, hey, Batman, I got... I got into Satellite Ultron or whatever, and Batman's like, cool, pull up this file on myself, and like, what's Batman's weakness or whatever, and it says in the list, and I quote, love. So Batman's like, Frick, it's Talia al Ghul, oh my gosh. So he shows up to New York to go freaking find freaking uh, Talia al Ghul. So Superman decides, well, I gotta go do something because I'm useless here, so he flies up into space to try to find satellite Ultron and there's a scene where he and he, I quote finds a satellite with the AT&T logo on it he's like oh this isn't the one and then flies away product placement yeah I know right so Green Lantern and Aquaman and Martian Manhunter, Manhunter save each other or whatever details don't really matter they get the nanobots out whatever the frick I forget how they saved Martian Manhunter but it doesn't matter um and so they head to New York to help the others like to join the other team others on the team and then Batman finds Talia al Ghul and Maxwell Lord. And, well, actually just Talia al Ghul, apparently. But it's in Maxwell Lord's building, so, I mean, eventually. So he walks in, he's like, he's like, he's like, tell me who the frick Omac is. And then Batman figures out Omac is Maxwell Lord. Right. So he's like, oh, shoot, and Maxwell Lord steps out of the shadows, like, it's a me, I'm the villain. And Batman's like, oh, shoot. And Max is like, like I'm, he's like, I'm just doing what I was born and created to do, cause I'm I'm the bad guy. And he's like, my job is to complete the OMAC project and push Han- humanity to its next evolutionary step or whatever. So Max shows this these screens of like the CEOs and captains of finance and congressmen and actors and all this stuff, and these are all people we've seen at Bruce Wayne's birthday party, and everyone's being transformed into these robots, these OMAC robots on these screens, all those specific people. Nice. Now, in his monologue, we understand that, one, he caused this because of him catering the thing. The thing was in the food. So that's why they made a point to point that out. In his monologue, he's like, he's telling Bruce, like, what took a millennia, I can now do in minutes, seconds. I skipped 10,000 generations to become perfected. All because I said it should be so. He's like, look what one man can do, which is the entire point uh, of the OMAC yeah. project. And and Batman's like, so what, you're a god now or whatever? And Maxwell was like, no, those are gods, and like points to the screens of all the superheroes, and he's like, the ones we worship and trust, those who fall to Earth from other worlds, those who rose from the seas, 
with their brave hearts and strong wills, and their absurd powers, their absurd vows to protect and bring peace, but they're false gods, aren't they? Weak gods, imperfected. We know that, don't we, Bruce? You and I. Because we know that they can be beaten. How, can, how they can be beaten by one man. That, and Batman, in true protagonist fashion, is like, bruh, nah. Nah, I'm, I'm not checking out with you. This is stupid. And so Max is like, well, that's great, because I got this backup of Biker Gang. And it's a Biker Gang from before, but they all turned to the robots now, and they're kind of upgraded. And Batman's like, well, frick. And Max Waller's like, happy birthday, Bruce. And he's like, oh, dang it. Worst birthday ever, am I right? <laughs> Worse than the first one without my parents. <laughs> so, so anyway, the Martian Manhunter senses Batman's like agony. He's like, oh my gosh, Batman's being murdered right now. And they're like, so he gets Aquaman and Green Lantern. And they're like, let's, let's go yeet over to Batman and help him out. And so then in space, Superman hears Batman like screaming. He's like, oh my gosh, Batman's going to die. Yeah, Batman went, wah. So Superman rushes in too. So everybody kind of figures out, oh, Superman, like Batman's going to die. So anyway, Batman uses a smoke pellet laced with glitter to overload the sensors or whatever on the robots. And he like moves Talia to safety, even though she's the bad guy. And he's like, he's like, look. You're bad. She's like, yeah, I'm real sorry about this. He's like, it's okay, but we got robots. So robot time. And so the OMAC picks up Batman and like starts to crush him. And like Talia's like, no, Max, don't kill Batman. He's like, he's like, I'm not going to kill him. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the others to show up. And so at the restaurant, Flash and Wonder Woman see the news about OMAX around the world doing robot crap, Ultron stuff. And Martian Manhunter gets in their mind. He's like, hey, Batman's going to die. So back in Batman's lair, or not Batman's lair, in Maxwell Lord's lair, Batman's all like, like whispering, like, bruh, don't come save me, or y'all gonna die too. And then the wall explodes, and then, of course, the Superman theme plays and Superman shows up. Yeah, that's the one. And then the OMAX drop, Batman are like, we're gonna fight Superman now. So they fight for a bit, is exactly what I wrote down here. They fight for a bit. And then Batman's like, dude, it's a trap. And then Wonder Woman shows up. And then the robots and her fight for a bit. And then she tells Max, well, Lord, like, bruh, your nose is bleeding. He's like, oh, fancy that. And he's like, but I'm finally in his head now. And he got in Superman's head. And he goes, goes, basically, he got in Superman's head and convinced, like, tricked Superman's mind into believing Wonder Woman killed Lois Lane. So now Superman's just rage mode trying to kill Wonder Woman. And after he says that, Max kind of looks at the corner. And he kind of did this throughout the entire story, which I didn't reference. But he just goes, he goes like, how am I doing, Jonah? Referencing Jonah Wilkes, the guy, his younger self. Um, so they fight a bit more. Then they, then Wonder Woman and Superman end up in the ocean and Aquaman like, shows up. And he's like, hey, I'll slow down Superman. Run for your freaking life. And Wonder Woman runs all the way back to Maxwell Lord's tower. Yeah, she went a full circle around for no reason. And then she hits him with the lasso of truth. And she's like, like, but why you got to do us like this, bro? And she's like, tell me how to turn off the machines. And Maxwell Lord's like, the truth is, you weren't there. None of you. None of you were were there. And she's like, blood, bruh, tell me how to how to stop the robots. And she's like, he's like. You weren't there for Tom Purnell, Carl Batter, and then lists all the kids he lists mm. before. 
And he goes, they were children, they were dying, and you weren't there. And he's like, he's like, what about Jonah Wilkes? Jonah Wilkes needed saving, and where were you? And like, that's kind of his entire motivation. It's like, that's what the cool. frick? And so the building shakes as Superman returns, and Green Lantern tries to stop him. And Green Lantern, in this scene, I didn't write it down, but in this scene, he projects a like a lantern green version of Superman okay. to fight Superman. But every time Superman punches a Superman, this Superman gets bigger until he holds Superman in his hand, and then Superman still defeats it, obviously. But it's like, it's kind of cool effect idea. So, anyway, then Superman's space mom shows up and is like, bad Clark, you don't do this, you're being bad. And he's like, nah, and he swaps away space mom. What the? And space mom turns out to be the Martian Manhunter, which I'm like, you know what? Kind of good idea, but it didn't work, stupid. Okay. Yeah, I know. I was so confused when I got that chair. I was like, wait a minute, why space mom? <laughs> so... Anyway, it doesn't stop him, and Wonder Woman asks Max one more time how to turn it off, and he's like, you gotta kill me. And she's, and she's like, well, I don't kill. And he's like, well, I know you don't kill, so that's why I win, because I'm, I'm, I'm the hero, or, or I'm the villain, I'm, I'm bad. And then Superman like grabs Wonder Woman by the neck and is about to kill her. He's like, but you won't kill me, but you got the shot, but you're stupid. And then Batman just walks over and snaps his neck. Whoa. Because apparently Batman is just cool with that in this movie. And everyone's like, Bruce, we don't kill people. And he's like, bro, whatever. I solved the problem. So did he solve the problem? Ask me if he solved the problem. Did he solve the problem? No, he didn't solve the problem. So, freaking Satellite Ultron, that program merges with Talia al Ghul, making it like, it's like Venom, kind of, but a robot. Yeah, yeah. So, but apparently Maxwell Lord has consciousness put into the Brother Eye robot. Or satellite or whatever. I mean, satellite Ultron. So he's kind of immortal or whatever. And they realize that Max's fast food was transforming people into robots because it took them this long to kind of realize that other than Batman who kind of told it to. Right. So thousands of people are being turned into these robots robots thing and they're targeting, they're targeting, they're targeting, they're targeting targeting the heroes or whatever because they got superpowers. Yeah. Um, so the heroes go to the street to, and wait for the, the army to show up and fight them. And despite Barry's protests, Wally West joins the thing and the Justice League, he's like, bruh, you can't help out. And the Justice League's like, bruh, we're all kind of like weakened right now. We need all the help we can get. And so Wally West is wearing like this cheap flash, like think, uh, Spider-Verse with Miles Morales at the beginning when he buys that cheap Spider-Man suit. It's like that, but a flash costume. Okay, cool. And so Batman's still in the building trying to figure out, like, the brother, the satellite Ultron, I apologize, satellite Ultron programming. And he's like, how am I going to turn this off or whatever? And then Talia's like, yeah, it's not working. So essentially she tries to disconnect and they disconnect her from the robot or whatever. And she has to die because of it, because the robot thing feeds off of, like, your life energy or something. So anyway, during this time, Maxwell Lord realized they were going to shut him down. So he transferred his consciousness to the most powerful OMAC he can find. And that's kind of how it works. Is it Once you kill the most powerful one, it transfers to the next one. Right. So just then in the street, Barry starts turning into an OMAC called OMAC Ultra or Ultra because he was eating burgers earlier in the, scene, in the yeah. film. So he turns into that or whatever. And the team's like, frick, all right. And so they're trying to get through to him. And so they fight for a bit. Anyway, Martian Manhunter is trying to get into Barry's head, and Wally's like, and it's not working or whatever, and then Wally, like, 
Wally's voice wakes Barry up or whatever, and he's like, oh, I'm inside this robot, and I'm scared as frick. And Batman, and so Batman shows up and it's like, hey, Flash, you need to shut off the, the robot thing from within or whatever. And then the Flash realizes the robot knows he's awake and is looking for another host for actual lore. He's like, he's like, bruh, you need to kill me before it re-uploads. And they try to convince him, they're like, bruh, no, you can hold on to Maxwell's Lord's mind if you just try, just don't do that or whatever. And Green Lantern's all, re- repeats the phrase, strongest will. Flash, strongest will, and Flash is like, and he kind of whispers within the robot, he's like, bravest heart, and he goes, and he smiles and goes, I'll be back in a flash. Yeah, he's this corny. And so, he vibrates really fast until the Omok, Omok, oh, yeah, I'm gonna call it Omok, Omok. now. The Omok shell Omok, explodes, huh? and then time freezes, the moment between heartbeats that he mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool. he goes to see his wife, and she's watching, like, the coverage of the, the entire incident going on, and of him, and like, she looks really worried or whatever, and he shows up and he goes, Don't worry, I know you can hear me. I know you can't hear me, I know you can't see me, but I had to see you to say, and then he can't bring himself to say goodbye, and he goes, He's like, here's the funny thing. Turns out I can save the whole world. And so that's what I'm gonna do. And like there's like tears in his eyes and he just goes, Because you're in it. Which brings back all the things said before which I like that in this movie, they challenge. bring back everything back around. Even yeah. the corny stuff, it all comes back around really yeah, well. Yeah. So he hugs her, and then in her eyes we see a single tear forming in both eyes. So somehow he got through to her or whatever. And so he take, he steps outside and takes one last look at the world. He's like, man, what a beautiful world. And then time and space, like a rubber band, pulls him back to where he was. And so he's back in the robot, and time starts again. And the Flash bolts off, like running the frick around the world real quick, knocking Omax or Omox aside like they're bowling pins and he's moving at impossible speed and as he's running the shell around him of the Omax starts like it becomes shattered molecules like being pulled behind him as he's running. Yeah. And so he's going really really fast and all the visuals like collapse into like a like that pool of colored water like it's like um it's like a, this like liquid road type thing yeah, as he's yeah. running this like this infinite road and he looks to his right and Wally West is running next to him. He's like, bruh, what are like he's like, bro, you gotta go back. And Wally's like, bro, you're going too fast. And back and Barry's like, I'm not going fast enough. And so like Wally looks at him, he's like, Uncle Barry, what are you doing? And he goes, he goes, tag you're it. And he runs even fast, like ten times faster than he already was. and so fast that he goes he breaks the sound barrier, the Omak, the Omak, yeah, the Omak and himself go through the sound barrier, pulverize into like this, like the light effect is like this, like imagine like the light of the universe in this explosion, like every direction, then stars everywhere and then silence and the flash is gone. And so all like, like the Phantom Menace, all the Omaks just shut off after you killed Maxwell Lord or whatever. Nice, nice. Um, so Wally joins the others and they're like, hey, he did it. He, he broke the sound barrier. And Wonder Woman like consoles Wally and is like, bruh, not too bad. I mean, it sucks, but he saved the world or whatever. And then a loud boom rips through the darkened sky and the, like a fold in space time opens and Barry's uniform like drifts down. And Batman catches it and like holds it like it's a dead body draped around his arms. Isn't that a shot from a comic book? It's a shot from, um, I think they do it for... I mean, maybe they did it for The Flash. I think they did it for either Superman or Batman for the other one. Okay. But I don't remember. Um, so Batman's holding this, and 
Superman puts a hand on Wally's shoulder. And he's like, Wally, look what he did, what he saved. And Wally's like, he saved the whole world. And like, then Batman holding the remains of Barry says, look, just look at what one man can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nice. So then we cut back to the funeral and the whole league is in like at the beginning of the movie and the yeah. whole league is in the front row. Wally now in the new Flash uniform, which is why there's a Flash there. He's consoling his aunt, and that night at the cemetery, Batman brings a single rose to Barry's graveside. Mm-hmm. Um, so the newspapers talk about, oh, is there a new hero alliance and blah, blah, what's going on? And then the Planet Krypton restaurants are all shut down, all wrapping it up. And at the Fortress of Solitude, the team votes about forming a new team or whatever, and they're like, do we do this or whatever? And all vote yes, except Batman, of course, who Batman's like, bruh, I don't belong here. He's like, I'm just a dude, y'all got powers or whatever. He's like, I'm just a man. And he's like, that's my weakness. And Superman's like, no, that's your strength. That's our strength that we got just a dude. And they're like, all right, cool. And so the League is formed and they all get an alert about this strange creature approaching from space. And they're like, the frick is this? And Aquaman's like, it looks like a starfish. And they're like, oh, it looks like a starfish. And Wally's like, let's call it Starro. And then they like race out to fight it, which... Is a kind of a cool reference because that's a, the very first Justice League comic mm-hmm. book fought a giant alien starfish, starfish. called Star of the Conqueror. Yep. So, little reference. The movie ends there. They all gear up ready to fight. Now, each of them do a little gear up pose. You might like this. I'm not sure if you'll like this. <laughs> but for Aquaman's gear up pose, he snaps a harpoon hand on his arm. That's kind of cool. Which is kind of dope. And then Batman puts on his cowl. That's it. That's all Batman does to gear up. And then Superman does a little pose. He, he clenches his fist and does a little puffing of the chest like Superman. That's it. That's it. That's a whole movie. Nice. The end. Thoughts, prayers, and concerns are all welcome in this film. I, I'm trying to think of how... Honestly, though, like that, I would watch it. I think it would be a good time. I know, right? Imagine this instead of Mad Max for... Okay. <laughs> Same director, same thing. My biggest question is, how do you think this would have affected superhero films long term? Because this would have come out before the first Iron, like one year before the first Iron Man film. I think the first Iron Man probably still would have. I think one my brought up. Yeah, but the first Iron Man film it was stayed exactly the same because it would already been in production. But like everyone after this had a I think that like you're telling me the thing about Justice League is that there no wind didn't blow over the And I think that's what a lot like that's one of the reasons why. Still, and he's like, and like they're laughing as they're making fun of like the reason why, like, Far From Home. Go, look, I'm willing to believe that a man dresses like a bat and and like punches clowns, but I cannot believe that someone didn't blow a set of stairs out of there. That's where the line is drawn. This is your cartoon, like, that's what I find funny about superhero movies like the suspension of disbelief. Like, even in Avengers Endgame, I'm going, like, I believe that there's a giant purple dinosaur man showing up, snapping his fingers, trying to kill the universe. But I can't believe that a mouse happened to hit the thing in this time. But even then, it comes out of Quantum Realm. Is dated or whatever, like, Quantum Realm. I'm like, written to something really good. Ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous. Like, like, how is that where the line is drawn? Because I kind of want to see it's even very so weird. And I think, yeah, I think no matter what, some people I mean, are feeling. I want that. Yeah, they definitely aren't. But my taste is that's, that's kind of what I was talking about with the TV I'm trying show. to think of a good example. Infection burger. <laughs> Slapping like fish. Some, like Hobbs and Shaw. Like some people, yeah. I haven't seen it. Like, like 
I mean, it's Fast and Furious. Some people, like, you go into a Fast and Furious movie knowing nothing makes sense. Right. You don't like, care, and you get pleasantly surprised being like, oh, shoot, that actually did happen. Oh, wait, they did, did science for this one? Right. And, like, Hobbs and Shaw, in my opinion, one of my favorite movies just because it was ridiculous and you had a good time. Yeah. So, if you go in, which is, and I feel like that should have been how superhero movies were. That's how they were up until, I'd say, like, MCU. Yeah, before MCU really started, I'd say like the MCU and the Dark Knight contributed heavily to that. Yeah. Because the Dark Knight made it a lot really real and the MCU kept it a little bit loosely. Loosely. So that it, when it mixed together, it didn't go too bad. Anyway. Anyway. That's our first quarantine. Quarantine, first whatever. Quarantine. That's our first quarantine. And maybe our last one. Who's to say? But that's I a canceled know, project. No but. If we're still on lockdown, and, well, we're still here, living in this tiny house. Yep. With equipment. We'll keep on producing crap. Yeah. Sunday mornings, probably. Mm-hmm. This is, our, this is our Sunday morning special, the, the Good Morning America. Can good we call it Good Morning Pitchies? Containment quarantine virus. Write that down, make a poster, and we'll post it on YouTube. I want someone to make that poster, please. (laughs) If I have to myself, I might. (laughs) We'll do it. Good morning. What was it? Good morning. Corona containment. uh, No, hold it. Corona containment pals. There we go. There we go. That's the show. That's the show. That's it. If you liked it, you got the Instagrams, you got the Google. Reach out to us now. That the- you guys know the stuff, and if you don't, it's in the description, and I don't feel like saying it all. So um, leave us a review if you like reviewing, and if you don't like reviewing, still leave us a review. Tell your grandma. Your grandma liked Justice League, let me tell I'm you. I'm sure. She liked the new one, the Zack Snyder one, the bad one. She likes that one. You know? Guarantee it. But show her this one because it's better. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful morning. Yes. Goodbye. Or night. I mean, depends on when you listen. Yeah, so just have a good life. Stay yes. safe. Wash your feet. Watch out for infection burgers. Yep. And uh, Satellite Ultron. Yep. Satellite Ultron knows if you're outside, so just stay indoors. Yep. Actually, he knows if you're inside, too. Goodbye. So go to the Fortress of Solitude. Find the Fortress. Hashtag find the Fortress. Hashtag find that Why'd you have to smack the mic all those times? <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to find us on Twitter and Instagram, we're at Pitch About It. As always, good wishes and good night.